Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. See, it's interesting, I've said that the show is in three parts with a half, so I don't know how that exactly works. I was homeschooled, don't come at me. Math. Math is hard sometimes. As my dad used to say, there's only three certainties in life, death, taxes, and lots of wankers. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Time travelers, um, if you are a time traveler, please let us know. We've just given Sam two perfect <laughs> opportunities to call on his wankers of the week. All and right, guys. Yeah, let's <laughs> move that, on. Let's move on. Let's that move audio on. delay, <laughs> the audio delay is horrible. That two seconds being like, oh, there's a pause. Let's like hammer on. <laughs> I keep seeming like an absolute dick because I keep like talking <laughs> over the top of you guys. I can feel that. just a solitary lonely bead of sweat going down the back of my calf. Like, <laughs> weaving its way from one hair follicle to the next. <laughs> oh, delightful. Oh. Good to be alive. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, it is good to be alive and it's good to be back. And it's good to have sound effects start playing. That's it. That's the show. Thanks, guys. This is great. That's all we've got time for tonight. Great show. Quickest show ever. We finally did it. Fantastic. We finally did it. We said let's do one that's less than two hours. We got there. Yeah. That could be a record for the world's quickest podcast. Podcast. Intro and out. (laughs) Clean getaway. Oh, my God. This has been the biggest dog's breakfast ever. Fucking start. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, everybody in between, to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. Uh, it's been fired out of a cannon, but a malfunctioning cannon that sort of the cannonball just like <laughs> rolls out and dribbles along the floor. Um, anyway, we're, we're into another episode. <laughs> My name's Jake Votel, and I'm joined as always. Um, in a sense of uber professionalism by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, boys? I'm good. How are you? Good. good. Oh, so good. I do so like how do we do have um, two Jake Bootels on tonight's podcast. One wasn't enough. One wasn't enough. We got two. I'll change my, I'll change my name. So it doesn't... What did I... Oh, okay. There's a Zoom thing happening. Okay. It's just right. a Zoom okay. thing. Okay. Well, I'm glad we... Um, <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up for our audio yeah. listeners. Yeah. It's just a, to make now, it even now more confusing. Well abreast of our situation. All right. So uh, it's episode number 18. Sock is in the house. Love it. Good to see Sock here. Sock. Um, so, 17? Oh, Sam's Sam's just um don't tell me that. No, last episode was number 17. This week's number 18. <laughs> oh god. Well, we're doing number 18, and maybe we'll have to time travel back if I missed one. But I'm sure last week was episode 17. No, probably uh, right, right. Yeah, all right. Well, look, this has been fun. Um good good show, everyone. Um you listen to the Chat Chat Cats. We're up to episode number 18. And what we like to do on the show uh, is uh, just give a little bit of a shout out to people. <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
What's going on here, Nothing, though. Just, you can just tell when, how desperately we're trying to write this sinking ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the it's show must go on. Doesn't necessarily mean it'll be a good show, but it must go on. <laughs> yeah, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's show business. Um, uh... Yeah, episode number 18, jersey number 18, famous cats who have worn the number 18. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, where the fuck have you been and why haven't you listened to the show before? Um, you know, I, I feel like every every so often we have to give a bit of an explanation of how this shit goes down for all the latecomers and newcomers it's like oh great you waited four months to get in on you know the hottest john mm. cats podcast in town um you know well i can't well, I guess we'll i can't tell whether it's pessimistic because we're assuming people haven't been listening along or it's really optimistic because we're assuming we're gaining new listeners <laughs> <laughs> where let's the go both at happening. the same time that's right yeah it's just like you know, fans come in, fans go out. It's just uh, it's an ever revolving, revolving door. door of our podcast. Shout out to uh, Beers with Ben, who runs just the very best uh, Geelong Cats YouTube channel, um, who sent me some incredible Chaps Chat Cats memes uh, during the week, um, based off some episode stuff from last week. It was a very good water cooler one. Um, we got memes. Yeah, I need to share those with you, Johnny. We've got uh, memes. Of, we had we've memes. made it, guys. We've made it. Like, <laughs> what else more do we need to do? Let's just finish here. Nothing. Episode we're 18, done. we're done. We've got memes made about the Chaps Chat Cats. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so we see you later, everyone. Goal. <laughs> um, Drop the mic, so... get out of that bitch. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Good work, lads. Yep. Also, should Another I say chaps? In the can. Chap- oh, let's not even go there. I realised as soon as I'd said the intro, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between, I'm Jake Botel. How are you, boys? I was like, God damn it. Another episode where I don't say the chaps. Um, let's get into <laughs> this. So basically, if this is the first episode, we talk a lot of bullshit and a little bit of Geelong cats in between. Um, and we also like to honour people at the Geelong Footy Club who have worn the jersey number of the episode number. So, for instance, kids, this is episode number 18, so we're going to be honouring people who have worn the number 18. We're going to be totally fucked once we get up to, like, episode 102, <laughs> um, and then we'll have to, you know, change that up. We'll do something else. Well, people to kick up. I would say even episode 58, because there's only 57 jumper numbers for the cats. Oh, Christ. This is going to come up way quicker than I thought. Uh, but yeah. anyway, number 18, number 18. So let's have a look here. Leo Haley was the first recorded number 18 for the Catters I could find. Uh, he wore it in 75 games from 1911 to 1914. And then again for a year, 1919 to right. I'm going I'm to come up with nicknames for each of these people. That was Leo Haley. Yes. Haley's Comet. Done. Oh, Next. beautiful. <laughs> All right, here you go. Come That's- at you. Out of the I'll park. come back. I'll come back to you at the end of the segment. At the end of each one. All right. I'll give all you right. the length of the, the. All right. So Reg Hickey, he wore the jersey number eighteen in two hundred and forty-five games from nineteen twenty-six to nineteen forty. Sam, what's Reg Hickey's nickname? Big Hick Energy. <laughs> 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 
Or a big or hick just, for sure. Just yeah, just big hick. Love it. Uh, <laughs> this one. Now this one I'll give you up front. Okay, so George Goninon. Now it could be Goninon, Goninon. I don't know, but I'm saying George Gen- George Goninon. Now uh, he wore it in 78 games and kicked 278 goals nice. uh, from 1950 to 1954. What's uh, George's nickname? What, gig, gig. Was it George Gig Island? As George Goninon. Goninon. Yeah. Will we loop back? Yeah. Look, uh... Oh, you got something brewing? You got something, little something brewing for the audience? <laughs> No, nah, let's let, let's let's move. Well, I think I mean a, a really simple one. It's 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 alliteration, right? It's GG. Yeah. So I I yeah. just I just go real simple. If it was if it was me, if I was All commentating, right. GG. The big GG. GG. All right. There's one name. Um, big GG. I've, I've looked at uh, I'm looking at the numbers as well, and there's one I've. I'm hoping you might bring up, which would be an interesting name to put into a nickname. I think. All right. Are, are you More talking than... about a modern one, a modern star? <laughs> Um, I don't think he's a modern. No, he's not. Oh. Early 19, 1900s, uh, 1915 and G. Oh, I haven't got that on the list. He might not have played enough games for me to uh, give him the uh, bell of approval, which is pretty horrible. But, you know, there's a lot of names and we've only got so much podcast it's tough, time. It's a tough business. You know, you can see, you know, we've spent all our time so efficiently off the top of mm. this episode. I couldn't possibly have fitted <laughs> anyone. Give us the name, John. Give us the name. Who is it? What's his name? Dick Stokes. Dick Stokes. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Stokes. Um, That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm trying to decide whether to go with um, with as Stokes the Fire kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Stokes the Fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the next one. Stick it, stick it in and stoke the fire. Um, <laughs> All right, and we've got it, and we've got it. It's the 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 what do they call it the the fire the fire brand or the fire prod or something like that. I think we just it it, 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 it evolves and becomes the the, the fire brand. The fire right, rod. Then we've got then we've got <laughs> then we've got Murray Murray Whitcomb. He wore oh. it in a hundred twenty one contests from nineteen seventy six to nineteen eighty six. Sam, was that a P Murray? or a T? Whip or wit? Wit, wit, wit with a T. Mm-hmm. You just call him River. River? <laughs> Murray. First oh. Murray. <laughs> I, forgot about the fir- I forgot about the first name. Yeah, same here. I was like, what? Is Whitcomb mean like a name? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to really hope he had red hair and call him Big Red because Murray the Red Wiggle. <laughs> oh, well done. Nice. <laughs> Uh, all right. Now here, here's a more modern one. I think you can have a bit of fun with that. Uh, Kent Kingsley uh, donned the eight, uh, the number eighteen for 110 starts and 227 goals from 2001 to 2006. I'm pretty sure Kent Kingsley was shipped out to Richmond uh, the year that uh, before the Cats had the breakthrough premiership. So what do you got for Kent Kingsley? Well, I'm thinking well, there's a lot of things to do with. King, with King, obviously, or Top Top Kent is also a good contender. <laughs> I also like that yeah. Kent rhymes with tent, pitcher tent, big player, big top. It's the big tent from the circus. Oh, nice. nice, big top. Oh, big okay. top, yeah. Well done, big top. 
Um, all right. So uh, now, the present day, it's worn by Charlie Constable. <laughs> <laughs> I, need I say any more? Need I say any more? <laughs> He's appeared in 12 games oh, since 2019. The, in the police. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Copper. All right. Oh, um, yeah. Now we switch over. The AFLW. I actually think there's a there's a there's a good movie title to be had with this one. Um, that you could work into the nickname. In the AFLW, the number 18 is worn by Laura Gardner. She's pretty consistent as a player too in her three starts this season. So she debuted this season, made three starts, including an 11 tackle effort against the Giants and then a career high 18 disposal effort in the win over the Gold Coast Suns in the final round of the season. What do we got for Laura Gardner? Um, I mean, Gardner seems like a nickname. Like, if you put the on it, it seems like a nickname. The Gardner. What were you thinking? Just call her Constant. Nice. Consistent. Constant Constant Gardner. The Constant Gardner. I love that it's a reference to a movie, but it's a reference to a real indie artsy movie that <laughs> like, That's right. no, no one's one else seen. seen. <laughs> uh, gotta love it. Um, excellent. Well, with that out the way, wait, I like the wait, Gardner. Yes, her name's no, Laura. Yes. Mm. What do you I feel like there's it? something. There's something with a with a like. It, what 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 positions does she play? I think she's midfield. Big tackler from my. Mid- Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely. feel like you've got to go the lawnmower then because Laura Gardner mowing people down the the nice. lawnmower. I was also thinking like the weed it. whacker. The weed <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Big whack. Um, all right, so let's let's move into then. AFL week eight. The cats coming off the back of a massive drubbing of the uh, Richmond Tigers, just absolutely doused the Tigers at the G last week. Um, The Cats took on the Saints. Interesting contest, interesting spot for the Cats to come up against the Saints Um, at Marvel Stadium. And after a big win over the Tigers, the Cats came out of the gate looking a little bit off the pace. St Kilda pressured hard, putting Geelong's defense under pressure with speedy ball movement great aerial marking from their group of tall forwards. However, the Saints couldn't punish the Cats on the scoreboard, kicking 0-7 to start the game while the Cats nailed 2-1-13 for the first term. The Saints kept up the pressure in the second term and managed to kick 3-4-22 to 2-1-13 for the quarter, taking a 29-26 lead at the half. Now Geelong began to wrestle the match back onto their terms across the third quarter and got the lead back at the final change, going into the shed 6-6-42 to 4-13-37. And then Geelong kicked into gear in the final quarter with the game on the line, kicking the opening three majors of the quarter uh, and 4-2-26 to just one goal for 10 for the term to take a professional, I would say, 10-8-68 to 5-17-48 win on the road and move to 6-3 on the season, Sam, I'll go to you first for your thoughts on the game. Uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, it's always good to, good to come away with the W. Um, mm-hmm. So that obviously um, 
yeah, it wasn't always looking like it went that way. But I'm at the end of the day, I was very happy. Happy with the win. Happy that we didn't completely drop our bundle. As you said, came out looking a little off the pace. But I think at another time, another place in time, not so long ago, that first quarter could have been our whole game. Come off a massive win that no one really expected us to get. Demolish them, come in favourites, and just... It's so easy to come into that situation and just completely drop it. Just not know where you are, not know which way is up. And we've seen it happen before, um, and it's not exclusively us. It's just a, a psychological thing, I think, in sport that's very easy to do. So I'm actually, in a lot of ways, I find this win as impressive as the win against the Tigers because we did it not consistently, but we brought it back that we did it against a different type of adversity. Last week, it was the adversity of a, of a really fucking good side. This week, it was the adversity of our own psycho- psychology, morale, momentum, like all those things were against us. And that we, whether it was the leadership group, coaching, or just the, the team as a whole, or a combination of all those things, really managed to just just keep us in it. And I think, as you said, a professional win. And I think you can't sniff at these ones. Like, I don't know, I've seen some articles and stuff say, oh, they're lucky to get away with it. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's sport. There's always luck involved. But I I wouldn't say that that was the biggest takeaway was that we were lucky. I would say that we were professional. We were really uh, switched on and... Well, we, we, sorry, we weren't switched on. We were able to switch it on, to turn it on, change things that needed to be changed when they weren't going our way. And at the end of the day, that's a really good sign because it's always it's easy to keep kicking a fuck ton of goals when you're up, when the crowd wants you to win, when you're, the momentum's with you, when everyone's on a high. But to stay in it and get the win when you feel like shit and you've started like shit, like that's... Mm. That's a really encouraging sign, I think, going forwards. Because we're not not all the games are going to be like the games against the Tigers. We know we can win when we're playing like that. What we need now is to figure out how to win when we're not playing that way. And I think that's what we what we did. Um, so there, that's sort of my, my general thoughts. Um, there was some really encouraging stuff. There were some people that were a bit quiet. Obviously, uh, you can get into the kicking efficiency. Um Going, going the other way, which I'm sure we'll touch on, but just as for my general overview, although there were some really frustrating times, I felt like, yeah, that not so long ago, that game would have gone a whole different way just based purely on that first quarter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. true. And I think you look at, um, sorry, just to touch on the conversion rates for you um, before we throw to you, Johnny. I saw some people online still complaining about the umpires favoring Geelong, you know, that the, they, they handed the cats a victory, blah, blah, blah. And you go to, you know, um, how does that work? You, well, here's, here's your percentage. Here's your percentage <laughs> of scores. This is what I scoring shots converted to goals. The cats converted 55.6% of their scores to goals. The saints converted 22.7%. <laughs> 
of their chance, uh, their scoring shots into goals. So, I mean, there's your story right there. If they yeah. kick 15% straighter, they probably win, but they didn't. So uh, I think like, what, I don't know. I think people just need to get off this thing about, you know, umpires and that sort of thing. And they influence the, the, you know, well, well the, I mean, the, the they, they influence, they like, they have input into the game and sometimes they get things wrong. We talk about it all the time. We complain, complain and bitch and moan about the umpires, but it's generally from a point of confusion about rules as opposed to thinking like, that the umpires actually take wins from us somehow. Like they, they can have an effect but it's it's one of thousands of elements. Like they okay. they they literally can't give the other team the game. No, well, when you're kicking oh. five goals to fifteen behinds in a game, it doesn't matter how many free kicks the umpires give to the other team. You're not likely going to win. And I mean, <laughs> the bloody the the coach um, was saying how they laid was 187 tackles. No, 87. 87. Okay, shit. 187 um, will be. Uh, that's what I was. I was going to say like that's a tough. lot. 87 <laughs> um, uh, across the game uh, is a lot of tackles. Still, not as many as 187, um, but it's like it's a lot. lot of tackles. But he was saying that to lay that many tackles and only get as many holding the balls is like suspicious, basically, as far as the umpire is concerned. But my point was not if they're shit tackles. <laughs> like, well, like and, not all of those minute. were holding the ball. It's just it was a really weird stat for the coach to pull out to kind of go. There's, tackles should translate directly to holding the ball. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was listening to the first crack after the game, and they were talking about this exact exact same thing. Like, yeah, sure, more tackles possibly could lead to more free kicks. But they also backed up by saying, but you can't just say that after one game of laying this many tackles. Do it again for the next two to three weeks of this same pressure, this same amount of tackles. And then you can have the right to say something. But when you're not consistently laying that amount of tackles that we can week out, then just shut up and don't yeah. complain. And if, it was, people if, it was bloody like, 80, if it was 87 tackles where every time the other guy had prior opportunity, you held the ball to them and got them to the ground. Yes. Exactly. That would start being like, well, how, like the sheer law of averages would indicate. But I mean, a tackle is so many things. There's so many elements within what a tackle is. Some tackles don't even have a, there's no hope in hell that they're going to be holding the ball. Like, like it's, it's, it's just bizarre. It was a really bizarre, salty thing for him to say. Anyway, we should let John have his bloody say. No, I was just, <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, I'm gonna, th- gonna throw to John. But we actually got some live audio from John's living room um, during the first half when the cats were sort of struggling a bit. I just thought the listener might be interested just to hear a bit of the live audio from 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 Larko's place. Um, if anyone wants to hear it. Like, no, God! <laughs> no, God! Yeah, basically. Please, no! 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 I was no! expecting... <laughs> I was expecting the audio from Papley. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck! Fuck! Oh, fuck! Yeah, that basically <laughs> sums up that first quarter. First half, really. Yeah. It, was just, it was frustrating, especially because... It was the same scenario that we had against 
West Coast were ahead. Massive win. Coming into another game where highly favourite, coming up with a team again, again that was building and just didn't put in the best performance. But this time, to, our, to the Cats' credit, they were able to turn it around and not repeat the same that they did against the Swans. They came away with a, a really hard-fought win, a lot more, as you guys both put on, a lot very professional, um, which was really good. We didn't turn it into that goal for goal. Uh, it felt like it was turning into in that second half where we'll get a goal, Saints just get a goal, and it's keep going on and on until the Saints would just get that little bit of a lead. But thankfully, that didn't happen. We learned from the Swans game to really compose ourselves a bit more, use the ball fast when we needed to. Um, didn't really rely on Hawkins, Cameron and Rowan too heavily, but they were also pretty well held. Um, yeah, it was just, it was good to see them fight back harder in that second half, really wrestle mm. the game back into our favour and just, you know, get a hard-fought professional win. And that's what you need to do sometimes. We just need that that hard-fought win, that grounding win that goes out here. We can't just come in here and expect them to not put, a, not put up a good fight because um, that's happened a lot against the Saints. They always seem to surprise us. And there is that rivalry between the two teams for a long time since 2009 grand final and that season. It's always been a bit of a bit of a tough contest. Or not so recent recent years. We've pretty much done pretty well against them. But yeah. It was an interesting game. One that we, I don't want to say lucky to win, we're just just better side, better execution. We just had that better level that uh, more maturity on this, the team to kick the goals when you were needed to. And that's, that's pretty evident. Like when, when you, I think um, Max King missed a shot one end and it went straight down the other and Tom Hawkins converted, you know, a 40 mm. metres out mm. slight angle set shot. And it was just like, ah, there's the difference. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's, I mean, there's, there is luck involved as we, as you said, John, and as I said, there's obviously luck involved yeah. in, in, in all sport. There's, you know, you can kick it's a really high ball and a, and a fucking seagull can come down and hit the ball and yeah. <laughs> influence the outcome. But there is luck. But it's, I don't think when people equate, they say oh, that we're, they were lucky that the Saints missed all the kicks. But it's not really luck. It's the result of different levels of skill, as Jake yeah. just pointed out. Like the, you know, miss a sitter up one end and then the other team gets a chance and converts. That's not luck. That's... The, that's, that's the that's the variables turning up like the um the the data turning up in the in the most likely variable really like yeah. and I thought it was I mean we never really dig into the other team's tactics that much I thought it was a little bit odd how much they continued to try to take the set shot goals from the same distance that they kept missing from like yes. it was kind of like they just wanted to prove that they could do it even when it got to the point that it was evident they could not. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was, I was interested that there was no more, that they didn't try and kind of go, okay, I'm lining up. Oh, like a chip a little one in. And maybe that's just the, the result of our marking and our defense being really intimidating, that they didn't want to chance it. Like, you've got yeah. to take it. But 
yeah, later in the game, I kind of expected them to start like trying to like psych us out and just plop one over the top to someone a little closer, like get work it up to the sure thing. But I think they were all on a personal journey of proving that I they need to do. This. I need to prove this. I can, <laughs> and they this. didn't. And they they didn't. didn't. It was unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, definitely feel for uh, especially. Um, is it Ben or Max? Max King, Max I think. King, but I could Max be wrong. There's King. two of them. Yeah, definitely um, feel for that young fellow because mm. he's going to be a dominating Ford presence in the near future. But you just hope um, these games don't really affect him yeah. and he's, too much. And he's going to see those bloody pictures on the on the headline on the front of the newspaper yeah. and on me, social media for days. And, and he will be thinking, like, was him missing those set shots was that the reason why the Saints lost was it off my back that we lost that uh-huh. game and that's one thing he's going to have to battle with and hopefully the team gets behind him and you know says everyone else missed shots it's it happens just you know fight back and he was taking he was marking the ball so well oh so that's he was a good sign for him like but from the outset I was like oh geez he's on he's getting really good marks it's, we don't really have that tall defender that could do anything against him, but no matter who you put on him, he's just going to outreach him so easily. So yeah, that was the worrying sign for the Cats. It was just, he just couldn't convert. And I think next week, he'll probably convert every shot he has. But yeah, it was, I feel like it will be interesting again. We're coming against his brother next week. In Ben or yeah. Max, which I think whichever it's ben. one that one wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was an interesting game to watch. It was up and down, but we got the win. That's all we can ask for. We didn't lose like we yeah, did they, against the Swans. They made it. They made it interesting. That's for sure. They did, but a win's a win. What more can you ask? This in this part of the season, then it's a hard fought win. It's a testing win, the one that I feel like could only set us better up for the future going mm-hmm. into the next few rounds. And yeah, I, f- I feel like it was one of those games that we want to face now rather than later on. And, and it should also hopefully give us a bit of confidence that if we later come up against a side that's keeping us down and that like we've come out a bit shonky in the first half, like. It'll start giving us that belief that it's not over till it's over. Yeah, that you can definitely. that we that we have the procedures and the processes to come back. We got that system in place to mm. to win it from no no matter where we are. Like back in the day, back in the glory days when they would come out a bit slow and just mm. but they were going never, cruise control, never out of the contest. No, and you could just see that moment when they were like, right, it's our time to mm. to play and. I feel like they did that a bit on Friday night. They sort of slowly started to take control. And then that last quarter, that's like, right, we're going to take control. We're going to put you under pressure, see how you like it and see if you can cope with it. And mm. to the Saints' credit, they they did. They fought back a bit. But, yeah, it's just those missed shots. The Saints really hurt them. And it's one of those ones where they'll go, well, if 50% of our shots, if, if uh, we've got 50% of those behinds, we'd have to win. So is I don't think the Saints would look at it and say it was a terrible game by them. It was just that end result. Mm. I just didn't 
go their way. Yeah, absolutely. And boys, I wanted to sort of throw to you, um, or throw this out to you a little bit, um, was uh, to look at some of the guys who stood up, I thought, and gave Geelong some life when we seemed out of it. Like, obviously, there's that big sort of, uh, obviously, we played a lot better in the second half, but in specifics, there was that patch in the last quarter where your usual suspects where Rowan fired up and Hawkins fired up and there was a bunch of them suddenly looked, you know, really lively that hadn't looked lively all night. Just wanted your thoughts on three young cats, um, Sparkle Narkle, uh, Brad Close and Guth Z. Those three guys, Zach Guthrie, Quentin Narkle and Brad Close. I thought it was a night personally where those guys stood up to be counted and particularly Sparkle um, when the cats weren't playing so well, he seemed to be all over the place. Only finishes with twelve disposals, um, but for two hundred and ninety-one meters gained, three clearances, five tackles, one goal, and four score involvements. You had Brad Close, twelve disposals for one twenty-five gained, four tackles, two goals, six score involvements, and a game high three tackles inside fifty. And I'm pretty sure that's the second week in a row where Brad mm-hmm. Close. Yep. Has been was, game high. He was, he was four or five last week, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. And then Zach Guthrie, 14 disposals, 209 metres gained, four intercept possessions and three score involvements. Your thoughts on those three young guys? I don't know if you've got anything. Oh, I'll start off with um, Zach Guthrie. He's uh, come out of the blocks a bit, hasn't he? In the last couple of weeks, he's really stepped up. and Last week must have given hey, him some confidence. Yeah, he's really taken that role by both hands and he must see that there's a lot of competition for spots in the side. So he's really just grabbed it and held on tight and played a really good couple of games. Like there's a lot of people saying that he should be dropped every now and then. He's not playing that well. He makes a few mistakes here, but the last couple of games, he's really put his case forward as a one that we don't really need to drop soon um just rest him every now and then but yeah he's really stepped up and looking really really good i really impressed by him the last yeah, couple of weeks. yeah yeah he's really um he looked a little uh, he couldn't he had the potential to look a little lost prior to that he um yeah he, he you know he, he reminded me of a little bit was when uh nathan ablett first started playing and then just before nathan ablett stopped playing like not not similar like in terms of play style or anything but just that kind of like clearly had natural talent but just didn't really have like a a, whether it was confidence or awareness to like really grab it by Mm. the throat and Mm. just go for it um and i yeah i I wouldn't say i'd written him off but i he really uh, i really had the yeah sort of callbacks to to nathan ablett and i mean nathan had his had his moments but he he just didn't seem to have that hunger that Gaz had, um, yeah. but yeah, but um, Guthrie's uh, really just completely shifted gear in the last two weeks, and he seems to really have suddenly, suddenly turned up to play. So it's it's really nice to see. Um, I've liked Close for ages. He's really good. He seems to be getting better and better. Um, just so much effort, so much go in him. He's just like a yeah, <laughs> an energizer bunny. I think. He must play a fair bit with Rowan or spend a lot of time with Rowan because those two seem so similar in that play style that run, gut run, tackle, 
pressure mm. constantly and it's just really really good i really like close i've liked him since he first played his first game and he's really stepped up again and just getting a goal every week nearly i think for the last few weeks which is really yeah. impressive for a young yeah. guy and he's i think you may have even said this jake but he's he's a real quintessential cats player yeah like he feels like he would have slotted into that side of of the glory days like he's one of those, oh, absolutely one of those yeah just just so fast on his feet and so much go in him um i think even um bartel may have come up to him and said you can wear his sleeves from now on I yeah. Won't. yeah it's on you that yeah he's, i feel like he's the one who he's the one player that can wear the sleeves because he mm. Brings and represents those sleeves really well. Yeah, absolutely. That looks good on him. Yeah, and and Narkel's really good too. Narkel's got one of the one of the best don't argues in the competition. I reckon he's um oh, absolutely. He's got when he when he locks that arm in place, he's got so much strength. Um, players twice his size just bounce off him. Well, he was just like I, I thought he electric. really stood up. Like when when the cats looked a bit flat, mm. it was Narkel that was giving him the run and and if anything he probably faded out of the spotlight as as the game went on and other guys stepped up but mm. uh, but at certain points it was like holy crap narkel's everywhere and he's he was really you know making that extra effort to impact the game yeah and i just thought yeah, all was... three of those guys got got the z i thought one thing that's noticeable is he's got to that point in his you know maybe amount of pre-seasons that he's put into his body his frame looks a little bit bigger. It looks like he's filled out a little bit. Um, he doesn't look as you know, nervous. He, he, mm. As Sam was sort of... Yeah, I think he's just... Putting on, like, he doesn't yeah. look that lost. He looks like he knows that he's got a spot in his team if he performs well. And yeah, he's just looking confident, which is really good. And there's been some, some nice times in terms of his decision-making because, I mean, his disposal efficiency was still pretty low. I think it was only around 63% or something like that. But there's moments where you see the learning happening where he gets mm. a mark and goes to blaze it down the line and you can really see him think through it of like, no, I'm going to turn to the side and give a lateral, you know, kick across to Tommy mm. Stewart or Guthrie mm. or whoever it might be. And it's like, it it doesn't look intuitive yet, but it looks yeah. like he's wearing in those good, um, decision-making sort of processes where yeah, I'm going to go. Um, this is an interesting one. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, go, go. Um, yeah, really yeah. impressed by Narkel. I thought that was a terrific game again by Sparkle. It's, mm. it's been a shame that we haven't seen more of him through injury and hopefully he can mm. stay injury-free for a while because he's another really exciting player that I feel like the Cats can get good use Yusuf, and he'll bring a lot of um, depth to our midfield again. Because, yeah, it, it was great. Just good to see him run, kick, handle, mm. don't argue, tackle, do everything. And, yeah, he really got that energy up for the Cats. Yeah, no, I think I, and he's an exciting player to watch. And so I think it's, it's good to see those young guys, yeah, really start to impact. Um, Cameron probably had a bit of a quiet night. Which is fine. I thought that I, I, th I actually thought you would, you guys talked about earlier, like about tactics from St Kilda, and you're talking about there, you know, kicking for goal and all, and all that sort of thing. But I thought around the ground they came with a really smart plan to try and shut Geelong down. I thought hmm. that they pressured well, and I thought that like 
there was a lot to take away from that game from their perspective. But it was it was like one of those things where you're watching a. I feel like St Kilda are a very tall team. They've seen they've got tall mm. attack, tall midfield, and a lot of tall defenders, which is could be a scary pro, uh, prospect for down the road when they're really gelling as a team. So yeah, I feel like yeah, a lot of the balls going inside 50 were getting spoiled a lot. And then it seemed like all the Saints players were pretty much on the high with Hawkins and um, Cameron. Well, the archetype feels like it's even changed in terms of players. Like I think about sides like the Bulldogs and, and even like the Cats have a few of these dudes. Like Sam Menegola strikes me as quite a tall midfielder. Um, hmm. Patrick Dangerfield strikes me as quite a tall midfielder. And then you go over the dogs and guys like Bontempelli who are quite tall. Um, Patrick Cripps. Carlton have a few. Yeah, Cripps. I keep forgetting and, how like, tall Cripps is. And you can't really, it's hard to tell when they're playing a the game, but when they go to grand level at half time and they hmm. go, oh shit, he is a tall guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the modern footballer has kind of, and particularly that midfield star, Often now, they're capable of not only being you know fast and athletic, but they combine that with with a bit of extra height, mm. maybe on what some of the classic you know on ball midfielders of previous eras might have been, um, which I guess just you know just one evolution of the game. But speaking of midfield, Cam Guthrie, this is going to be really interesting. Remember at the start of the season. Guys, we talked about, hey, it's going to be an interesting free agency period, especially if Cam Guthrie puts in another all-Australian type season. You know, what sort of contract is he going to demand? How are they going to keep all these midfielders under contract? Well, Cam Guthrie has become a machine. He had 36 disposals, six marks, an equal team high, seven tackles. Two of those are inside 50, four clearances, six score involvements, and one goal. Um, he's just become... I feel like the engine room of the midfield at the moment. Um, we'll ask the hard question. Is he, does he re-sign with the Cats or does someone lure him away? I think he re-signs. I don't know him from a bar of soap as no. far as an actual person, but I like to think I feel like I <laughs> And I think, he, I think he's a career cat. I feel like he's a career cat and I'm only judging by the last two games when he's been playing with Zach. And them two work really well together. Like, obviously, mm. Cam's trying to get Zach into the game. Trying, they look you know, for each other a lot. Give him that yeah. confidence. <laughs> and I think it'll be a bit of discredit to Zach if Cameron does go. That would really... I feel like it might dim Zach's confidence quite a lot. He just seems like a cat. I can't imagine, does, yeah. I can't <laughs> imagine Cam playing in, a, in another, out, uh, another uniform. But, like, uh, it just... Just doesn't well, seem right. He looks like that country surfer, um, wild <laughs> man boy. Um, where else can you get all that? But Geelong, like you can't yeah. go surfing. You can go to the jungle and um, get your go into your cave yeah. there and <laughs> hibernate right. during the summer. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, store store some store some water in your dreadlocks and go yeah. and hibernate and just <laughs> suck a suck on a dreadlock when you wake up from your slumber. <laughs> yeah, no, he I do I do he... I genuinely think he'll 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 yeah. resign and I'll be devoted if he doesn't. He, yeah. he's really become one of those like Joel Corey type reliable 
Uh, yeah, you know, so so integral, like yeah. just yeah, just can't can't picture it without him. Um, so maybe I'm in denial, but I think he'll I think he'll sign on. Hopefully, we're not in denial, but I also feel like yeah, he'll sign on. What do you think, Jake? I no, I think you're right, and it could be me. I, I actually, from the start, have said I think that if if any of them were to go. I would be saying probably Menegola or Mitch Duncan. Yeah. Only because they're guys that have been pursued at other times by Western Australian clubs. And I think that, yeah, I think one of those guys, I also wouldn't be that shocked either. No, I was going to say even, even Dangerfield to an extent, he's a restricted free agent this year, but, I guess he did make a move to be back home. So it would be strange if he moved into he state. He has like just built kind of a house play for, so. at Moggs Creek. So that'd be odd. Yeah. I, I think, I think Duncan or uh, Duncan or um, Menegola, if any go, maybe they all go, no, we're, we're happy with the situation. Happy to take a little bit less money or whatever. Um, I mean, Guthrie kind of, I remember reading about Guthrie when he first came into the team where he kept, it was like one day of work at an ice cream parlor in Geelong because he wanted to be able to sort of remain. His thing was like, I want to keep my feet on the ground kind of thing. Like I want to keep a normal, a normal job. So he was working like cold rock or something um, one day a week in Geelong. And I, I don't know. I just feel like he would be the type of guy, like he'll want to be fairly paid, but I don't think he's going to extort the club over it. No, and- I don't think he's one of those players that will go, I want this amount of money. Why, why would you when you live in a cave in the summer to hide in it? He doesn't need much. No. <laughs> he doesn't need to keep his dreads so they can that's hold right. his water. That's it. I also just go to like with, with your Menegola and, and, and maybe Mitch Duncan more like, I think there'd be probably a market for Mitch Duncan mm. more so mm. than Menegola. Um, I think it's possible they all stay, but if you, I think Duncan would be more likely. I to think, go. Look, yeah, I think Duncan would be my my tip if if, if you had to say one of yeah. them is definitely going. Probably him, as you yeah. said. I think there's a market for him. I think people would have an interest, but I also think his skill set would be readily applicable to a lot of other teams. I just yeah. I can I can see him slotting into other places. Hmm. I think he's a great player, and like he's in he was in in my can. Con- in contention for some of my votes, like most weeks, like he, he can yeah. really turn up. But I, yeah, like I don't get the same kind of sense of integration that I get from like Guthrie. Like he does feel like he's a really good player playing with the Cats. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it sounds really harsh. I just feel like he could, like, he could slot, slot in yeah. elsewhere if, if he yeah. so chose. But I hope he doesn't. Yeah, me too. I hope they all stay, but it's going to be an interesting off season because there's a lot of guys and I guess it's, I guess it'll be an interesting test to see what the culture, you know, the more in, you know, the deeper into free agency, the AFL wades, it's going to be more and more interesting to see how the culture of somewhere like the cat stands up, which has been, you know, large quality people, as much as quality players, like you, there's a certain type of character that they seem to go after, that they seem to value, that you know they want people are going to buy in. So, 
free agency really is all about, you know, quote unquote player empowerment via, you know, via being able to sort of demand, you know, a certain value for your, for your set of skills. But it's going to be interesting to see how that butts up against Um, I, I, and I think a lot of fans are going to get pissy if Geelong's able to not only keep a track, but then, you know, players also will happily take pay cuts to stay there. I think that's mm. going to piss off a lot of fans around the AFL that, you know, the, but that to me is just good club building. Yeah. You want to build that. Yeah. Well, if, if they weren't pissed off enough last year when we got Cameron Higgins and Smith, they're going to be even more pissed off when we keep all our players if we can. But mm, yeah, it just shows good culture, good team, good values. Um, yeah, good, just a good club. So this is. Uh, are you boys happy to move on? Happy to move on to votes? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move into some votes. This was a tough week for me. I had about six players. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Tom Stewart. Um, did his usual thing, 23 disposals, 95.7% disposal efficiency, four marks, three tackles, four intercepts, blah, blah, blah. Um, an amazing one vote on goal the- save. Don't forget that. That yeah. was truly amazing. That just um, shows the next level the cats are at compared to the saints that just that desperation to get your hand on the ball whereas the saints player could have got a mark easy got another goal but mm-hmm. stewart just put that extra effort in to make sure he got there first and made sure it was behind that was just amazing so unfortunately unfortunately he only gets my honorable mention because i went against my inherent bias for him you went against your I man love yeah, I gave my one vote to Quentin Narkel. Um, even though his, you know, his impact's not massive on the stats sheet, I thought he played his impact was more than that. So one vote to Narkel. Um, my two votes, I am giving to Zach Tui, who nice. had uh, thirty-one disposals at ninety. 90- 0.3% efficiency, uh, 593 meters gained, which was the most out of anyone on the ground, six marks, two clearances, and five intercepts. Um, I thought a few weeks ago, uh, Tui looked a little bit off the boil, but he really returned to form and just provided the Cats with so much push out of the back line. So two votes to Tui. And I'm going to give three votes to Cam Guthrie. Nice. I must say, to his um, torp, that really gave the cat some oh, push from the back line. That was amazing. Oh, so good. Um, so good. So what about you, Johnny? Where are you going uh, with yours? My one vote I'm going to give to Rowan. I feel like Gary. Gary Rowan. Rowan, just another good night. And again, same as Stuart, just that extra effort to save a goal in that last couple of minutes was just, mm. you could just see it coming from um, miles back. This room coming up, coming up and he just smothered fantastic extra effort, just lifts the team and just shows 
where where you are at the moment as a player and he's really just firing on all cylinders barely missing anything really good mm. good game again two games uh two goal uh two votes <laughs> Two games, two goals. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, two votes to Close, Brad Close. Nice. A really solid game again. Three tackles inside 50 again. Just all round good night from him. And I'm going with Cam Guthrie for my three as well. Perfect. What about well, you, Sam? There's a bit of synergy all around, but me and John are on it's our turn to be on complete synergy because my, my one is Rowan, my two is close, and my, my three is Cam Guthrie. Wow. Um, I would wow. like to say, just quickly, just because Rowan, while we're on it, he he played, he drifted back a lot. Like, he was he all did. over the ground. Um, And there was a bit where he, it may have even been directly after the smother. I actually think it might have been an intercept mark. And he turned and he switched it like from the back, he was in almost the back pocket just outside the 50 he was. Um, and he switched and it's the kind of kick that always makes me nervous. Like an across the face, yeah, just smack it across yeah. the field. But it was one of the best textbook drop punt kicks I've seen. It was like, it was massive kick. It wasn't quite too e taut big, but it was a big kick and it was just pinpoint accuracy just picked out one player bloody 70 meters away on the other side of the field um and i and i, I turned and i said to loz i was like he could he could play defense if he wanted to yeah. <laughs> he's like well, it was one of the best kicks um he was just you yeah, know you're, phenomenal. you're playing a good game when even brian taylor yes. is not saying bad things about your t- kicking technique he was just raving about that fr- on friday night yeah I mean, he was yeah. last week as well just like yeah. look at that ball drop Look at this technique. He's never going to miss when he's kicking like this. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I will, going back to umpires, I am a little pissy about when they rushed him. When they, yes. when, they when they asked him to carry on when he was going for the kick. And even he was kind of like... And and again, the commentators even said, they were like, that's a bit rough to not give the player yeah. his, his allocated time. Was and that, that was Brian Taylor again. Yeah. When Brian's was- on your side, you know you're doing something. Um <laughs> What's going on this week? We've got Brian Taylor, Kane Corns. Kane Corns? Good Lord. Backing up the Cavs. They've obviously been listening to the chat. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> they've pulled, pulled their socks up. Um, but what was with that? Was that just because the umpire just just, just decided it wasn't like he wasn't going to be able to make the goal? So he's like, oh, yeah. on, don't waste time. Yeah. That was bullshit. That was bullshit. I would put money on him <laughs> kicking that goal. He was going to kick. He, he, that was going to make it if he wasn't interrupted. That fell. Yeah. A couple meters short. Yeah, you could see he was just the... off his off his game. Then once yeah. he had to do that, he was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Do you remember the kick from? I was just thinking of that kick you're talking about, Gary Rowan. The kick from Tom Stewart that he just dropped a perfect like forty meter kick over the guy's shoulder, basically like into the bucket kind of thing. Like it was just perfectly weighted. Over the top, yeah. there's, there's some really nice distribution. Um, that's one thing that I feel like God, yeah, they improved so immensely well. for the cats last few yeah. weeks, and that was that was Just one of their kicking. biggest weaknesses. I remember us talking about it all the time that and the inside 50s, and the the distribution of the ball has got so much better. Uh, and the inside 50s is not perfect, especially on, mm. on that in that game, but it's it's so much better than it was, yeah. 
So after nine weeks, we can update the top five in the voting in the Chap Chat Cats um, AFLM MVP votes. Cam Guthrie gets a perfect week. He's the first person to put together a perfect week. Nine votes out of, you know, the available nine at the top of the uh, poll. So he's on 27 votes after nine weeks. Second place. Now six votes behind is Joel Selwood on 21. One point back uh, is Tom Stewart on 20. Brandon Parfit and Gary Rowan, eight votes further back on 12 each. Mark O'Connor and Jack Henry on 11 each. And then it tails off to um, a bunch of guys, about 10, 12 guys who are under double-digit votes. Hen- so Hendo had a good night too. He did. And, and often misses out on a vote. Mm. You know, just him and Guthrie are similar in that, in that sense, I think. Um, and when you've only got three, it's hard to do. Hard now, while we're talking about players and appreciation of players, mm. I feel like now would be a good time to to really hold Johnny to his word. Yep, and get the oh. official the official choice on on for John's man love from from the Geelong Cats. I wish I well, had some like romantic music <laughs> to play. I wish we had a drum roll. Yeah, well, oh, I, did, I, could, uh, I could probably I did find a us a drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> you have yeah, a list. Who is your short list? Give us your top five. Yeah, Who was it down top to? Five. I'll have to have a relook at the uh, the uh, the to That's all right. You it. you go into your, your top five, and then once you've read out your top five, Jake and I will will pick who we think it's going to be. Who the winner yeah. is? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need some romantic music. Yeah, I wish I had a. We need some romantic. Well, while while we while we wait, I mean, we can we can guess on who who's going to be in there. I think, and um, yes, um, I mean, Cameron will be in there. Absolutely, Jeremy Cameron. Hendo, oh, you found it. Yep. All right. Right. uh, One. Right, my I've got the top six. Top six. Top, All six. Right. Top six. Love it. So we've got Isaac Smith, Cameron Guthrie, Joel Selwood, Mitch Duncan, Jeremy Cameron, and Henderson. Interesting. Mm, I reckon all, I already know where I'm leaning. All good all good candidates. All good candidates. After this week, with the love we've poured on, I would Guthrie's obviously a potential. Mm. Um John was a Big Cameron Dick Ryder when we were waiting for him to come into the, into, <laughs> into oh, the yeah. side. Um, so Cameron was yeah. my was my winning guess, but yeah. I, at the moment I'm leaning Smith. Ooh, interesting. I I think that would be one of the biggest stories of the 2021 season <laughs> is diehard Geelong Cats fan, diehard Hawthorne hater, Johnny Larkin falling head over heels for Isaac Smith within you know, nine games of his first season in the hoops. I think that'd be interesting. Who hasn't fallen in love with uh, Isaac Smith? Though? That's like, right. That's oh. right. We've all fallen in love with Isaac Smith. It's just to the degree which John has fallen in yeah. love with him. But lo- love's a crazy thing, Jake. We can't choose who we love. My, sh- I, I think Joel Selwood, I think, I, I don't think that's, that's true flame. I don't think that's John's true flame. I think that's, he acknowledges <laughs> He definitely has love for Joel Selwood, but I don't think he's the man love. No, oh, no. Quote, like, 
Jake is saying pick a Joel song, that'll be too obvious. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. the exactly. obvious choice. That's the obvious so, choice. So, so that leaves us with I, – I, I'm with you. I think Guthrie – I'd be down to pretty much a group of Guthrie, Cameron – and Smith. All right, well, I'm going to Who stick to Smith. Is- you make it interesting and pick someone else. I'm going to say John's. John came up with the metaphor about Guthrie living in a cave, didn't he? Mm. I believe. Do you think this there's is because John has first-hand experience from this cave? <laughs> I think there's a lot of fantasy going on here. With maybe it's more than fantasy. Of- maybe John has a key yeah. to the cave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lock that in. I'm locking in. I'm saying Cam Guthrie. Is John's man love? All right. Are you ready? We're ready. We're we're ready. Give it to us. Jake got it right. Cameron Guthrie gets my man love. (laughs) Cam Guthrie, we knew it. It was it was a tough choice to make, but I thought I've liked him since he uh, first came to the Cats. I thought he was going to be a good player. I hope we keep him. It was it was love at first sight. He just didn't know what it was at first. I think it was last year. When he when we when the season got back underway and he came back and he it did look like he come back from the wild and <laughs> beard was untamed the hair was everywhere and it was just ah John said oh, he's a man of the world he he's could a man te- of the he world. could yeah. teach me things he could yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he is in the depths of his cave <laughs> in the depths of his cave that he teaching, hibernates te- in teaching John about the world about himself yeah. It's beautiful. This is this is this is what you get from the, our beautiful game of AFL. Yes, that's right, man. Love, nice. So, Sam, yours is Gary Rowan, yes? Oh, absolutely, Gary Rowan. I, I'm I'm a Tom Stewart man, and now we know that John, deep in his heart, is a Cam Guthrie stan. Love it. Yes, good choice, great choice. And Can that also means we've got defensive midfield and forward. Our love is spread right across the field. Perfect. You can't, love. you can't take a step on the field without putting a foot in our love. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well, like walking around a dog park. That's right. No matter where you step, there's a chance you'll step in a turd. That's right. And it's just our love. <laughs> our love turds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of love turds, a spray from the coach. Absolutely. The Bambabilia. Speaking of turds, lollies are a spray from the coach. It's what half time's about. That's right, it is what half time's about. And I've got some news off the top, and then we've got a juicy, juicy topic to get into, boys, in this part of the show. Juicy. Um, rants at the ready. But off the top, let me give you the, the VFL rundown. Let's have a look at the VFL women's team. After beating the Bombers 39-16 to 16 last week to move to 7-2 and two on the season, the Cats took on the Southern Saints, looking to win their seventh game in a row and their eighth for the season. The Cats were wayward in front of goal through three quarters, kicking one goal 10-16 and trailing the Saints by 11 points going into the final term. But lads, this is a resilient and powerful Geelong women's lineup and they found their form in the last quarter, booting five straight 30 to 128, including four, four goals in the final six minutes. 
to claim a rousing 6-10-46 to 5-5-35 victory. Rocky Cranston nailed two of those final four goals, standing up in a massive spot for the Cats VFLW team. Their eighth win of the season from 10 games, boys. Whoa. Joyce. Jeez, that's Absolute. good. Good work. Uh, Absolute. Fantastic effort there. Especially oh, turn around. Rousing endorsement. Um, especially to turn around that start, kicking 10 behinds, to then turn it around like they did. That is uh, excellent. Good I was following work, the girls. Uh, the Twitter updates and even via the Twitter updates, you could sense that they were about to pounce. Don't know how that happened, but they got did. their just the butts up. They got the, the cat butts wagon and the That's front right. paws lifted off and bang. No Gone. chance. Done. No chance of escape. So once we, that still happens. Do, we still really need to find a way to watch it. Mm. I know. I think the only way at this point in time is to Go fire live. up the old, you know, four-wheeler and uh, drive down. <laughs> not like an idea. not like a four-wheel motorbike. But, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows this about the chaps, but we, we drive around in a fleet of four-wheel motorbikes. <laughs> <laughs> the old quad Bad gang. Axe, That's right. Yeah. That's right. We've it. only got one, though, so the other two on those really long poles that wave That's in the right. air. That's right. We're the pole cats. I love it. <laughs> pole dancers. Um, the VFL men's team suffered its first loss of the season, going down by just a single point on the weekend oh. against the Casey Demons. 7-15-57 to 8-8-56. Josh Jenkins was again a reliable force up forward for the Cats, nailing three goals for the day while there were singles to Stanley, Jarvis, Constable, Fort and Burke. And the Cats men's team has a short turnaround this week, pitted against Coburg at Cadinia Park this Thursday night. You can watch that on KO at 7.10 p.m. But you still can't watch the Cats VFLW team because, you know, misogyny. All right. So <laughs> um, do you lads have, any, have anything else you want to get into before I bring up this massive talking point? Uh, no, let's let's no. let's sink our fingers into the juice let's <laughs> let's do it um so uh, this is um and this is kind of probably going to dovetail maybe do you want to do wanker of the week first and then we'll open the conversation for let's the go end. to wanker of the yeah week. Right, let's make it a, let's make it a nice succinct wanker of the week now now here's the deal i'm gonna have to you know probably talk over the top of this to just don't it play it don't play it i think it's don't all right play it. okay no, we'll we'll we're in the market for a new jingle kane corns yeah. i think okay. has has redeemed himself like a phoenix from the ashes of of wankers he has risen as <laughs> an all right bloke. he's a wanker phoenix yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's gone from wanker so he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. And not just to be clear, it's not a oh, he's all right. It's not a <laughs> it's not a Gary Rowan. He's all right. It's a it's just an average. He's all right. He's all right. Yeah. Um, Who's that guy there? Oh, he's an all right guy. He's all right. Yeah. What's his deal? He's all right. Um. So that's <laughs> that's where Kane Corns is at in our yeah. rankings of people. We have he's all right. We have Tom Stewart. 
Guthrie, yeah. Rowan, and Love. Then we've got a whole yeah. heap of other people. I think Kane Corns is down there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's not it's down a real the scientific level. chart. He's not. Yeah. He's not in the. He's not in the ninth circle of of wanker hell, but he's he's he's. he's Somewhere. He's making his way yeah. out. So we won't play the jingle. We're in the market for a new jingle yeah. and a new namesake. Um, do we? Absolutely. I think. I mean, our candidates are, are pretty clear at the moment. Um, I'm I'm leading Big Eddie. Do we? My my thing. If we're going to lead in on this segment, right? Do we all want to nominate our wanker of the week at the same time? Yeah. Are we, um, best, are we all are we all going the same one? I think we all are. I don't think we are. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. No, no, that's all right. That's um, all no, right. I was going to I was going to go someone someone different. I don't think it's this person, okay. you guys. It's a smaller incident, uh, okay. but it's a small incident in a <laughs> in a long, their car longer. In Sam Street again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone walked right. a little bit fast past my front. No. Uh, <laughs> Well, you you lead off then, Sam. You give us your. All right, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to ruin the chap synergy. But no, this was just an all. opportunity that I had to take. It's a small <laughs> episode of 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 wankerism in a long storied career of of being a wanker, and that is Dusty Martin. Um, Thank you. I've Beautiful. I've never kept it a secret that I can't stand him, um, and I don't I don't know him as a person, but. Just like I can feel like we know Gary Rowan and such, I can feel like I know Dusty Martin and I don't like him. Um, and his his whole thing, he ran into the umpire, the goal umpire. You guys saw this, yes? I haven't seen the footage. I've seen him the umpire being bowled over, but I haven't watched the whole thing. Yeah, it was a, it was a kerfuffle. It wasn't really his anyone's fault. It was it, these things happen. Uh, and to be fair, Dusty did check on him. Did kind of like after he knocked this guy on his ass. He checked on him, kind of went, you're right, mate, and then walked off. And the goal umpire was making a bit of a fuss. And then in an interview, Dusty said, oh, I think it was a bit of a carry-on about the umpire, that he made too much of a fuss, basically. Called him out, said the umpire made a bit of a carry-on. Then it turns out he dislocated his shoulder. And Dusty Dusty's said the, 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 that he, was, he had a bit of a carry-on and basically he was a sookie la-la. And as I said, it's only a small incident, but it's just a, well, a one patch in the giant tapestry of Dusty Martin being a fucking wanker. Well, I, I wonder how he would react if he got a dislocated shoulder. Being an AFL player and not being a goal umpire who's not there to be hit by players, no matter how accidental it is. And it's the second week in a row that that goal umpire has been taken out in a in the collision. Um, and the poor, and what happens? So he, an insurance he, claim. He, job. Yeah, he keeps stepping that's in one, front of them. That's yeah. one tough um, goal umpire to yeah. just. And it was it was the fall, so he fell back and he put his arm backwards to catch himself, and that like dislocated his shoulder, which would bloody fucking hurt. I think he's that entitled would... to a little bit of carry on, Dusty. Um, Absolutely. There's, there's time for Dusty to redeem himself. Maybe he didn't know about the dislocation when he said this. Maybe he'll come out and say, I'm sorry, I didn't know. But we'll put a bookmark in that and we'll see where we're at next week. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All Absolutely. right, John. Who's well, your wanker of the week? I'm sticking with the Richmond theme and I'm going to the head coach 
Damien Hardwick or Damien Hard Soft Dick. Soft Dick, <laughs> Suki Lala, extreme piece of shit. Little, <laughs> but seriously, come on. But to be fair, I think yeah, I think God. the reason I didn't pick him is because he deserves to be in a whole other other category. We've got the, right. the 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 wanker of the week, and then we've got the the Hardwick soft piece of shit of the week. <laughs> no, not a soft piece of shit. Like maybe a hard hard piece of shit. nugget that you just can't push out. It's just stuff <laughs> there. <laughs> That's what Damien Hardwick is. After those comments. You know, we need um, we need we need our bookie back on to give us the odds on John being overly descriptive about the process of defecation. I feel like the odds are really high. <laughs> John, just, um... John talks about dropping a juice. Yeah, yeah not much returns on that. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was one of those ones where I watched it and it's just as a cat supporter, as cats fans, and people. Have, you know, we've followed the cats all the time and seen us play home games not um, at different stadiums. And we don't really say much. We get there and play on, and it's two and a half hours down the highway to get to the MCG to play our games. And yet, when the uh, soft cock Richmond team has to play 10 minutes down the road at a different stadium. It's the worst thing in the world. How can this happen? The AFL's ruining our fans' enjoyment of the game. And what the fuck did he mean? Our fans yeah. don't come here. Yeah. Can I? Can yeah? I was going to say yeah. for the, for so. listeners around the globe because we we have listeners, I believe, possibly in the states, who don't even get to watch the games necessarily, yeah. but who are avid Chap Chat Cats listeners. Um, now, I, I might be speaking out of turn, but I, I have a mate over, I believe, in Georgia. Could be wrong. Sorry if I am. Uh, Michael, who I discovered listens to the podcast, didn't know he listens to the Chap Chat Cats um, and is actually going to go and have a crack at a uh, come and try uh, session of footy Nice. Uh, Go, Michael. One point uh, in the near future. So, g'day to Michael and thanks for listening. Yeah, but it's good like thanks. out. Thanks for listening and yeah. um, enjoy to come and try. The uh, the team name's awesome. It's the the Rome Redbacks. Nice. What a great name for a team. Um, but I just thought I'd set the table for people set maybe the table. a little. Bit. Who haven't heard? So basically, Richmond had to go and play a game. It was it was their home game, was it? Essentially, yeah. they had a home game. game. Yeah, so they had to play one of their their home games was contractually obliged to be at Marvel Stadium, not the Melbourne Cricket Ground, the MCG. And the coach afterwards, basically there was a lot of palaver made about it because only 18,000 fans showed up to watch. Um, and basically Tigers coach Damien Hardwick had a moan about it, said, you know, well, the AFL can't complain about, you know, not having big crowds. Our supporters simply don't come here. I don't really like coming here. Bearing in mind, it's about a you know what a ten minute drive from. You did say from, from bloody MCG to Marvel Stadium. Ten minute drive. It's a fucking. This is fifteen minute walk. <laughs> this is one thing that I feel like the AFL should really crack down on is, it's how he said that he didn't like Marvel Stadium. How he said he hates coming here, and mm. I found that really disrespectful to Marvel Stadium to 
teams that play the home games at Marvel Stadium, I feel like those teams should be really pissed off at Devin Hardwick for those words. And I think AFL should really fine him for the way he carried on because it's not acceptable. I feel. I agree. I've got massive rantage to have on this. I have massive. I've been holding on to this rant all day. And that, Rant that away. What, what you just hit on there is a massive part of this. So I hated, I hate coming here. First off, Marvel Stadium, and you know, under its previous name iterations, Eddie Had and Telstra Dome and all those sorts of things, is a terrific fucking stadium. And I have been to, I've, I, I haven't actually. I think I've maybe been to one game at the MCG. I've been to a bunch at Marvel because I really like the stadium. It's easy. It's get easy to. to exactly easy to access. It's a comfortable stadium. It's a great fucking atmosphere. Um, I've seen the cats play the bulldogs a couple of times up there. It's, it always makes me feel like you're going up in the Coliseum at Rome. Yeah. Like just the, it's like you the, the, the atmosphere just rises as you, as you're going up the stairs to find your, your gate. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's awesome. And, you know, so, so the first part of my rant is actually centered about MCG bias, which I absolutely fucking hate. All of this, you know, the MCG, oh, it's the home of football. It's the home of this. It's the home of that. Does it, it's, yeah, it's, does, it's not the MFG, though, is it? No, exactly. <laughs> it's, a Melbourne, it's a Melbourne cricket ground. It's made for a different sport. And look, I, I know that a bunch of you inner city Melbourne fan types, your Hawthorns and your Collingwoods and your Richmonds can't dream of footy being played anywhere else than on your precious fucking MCG. Well, I'm here to tell you it's time for change in our competition. We bitch and moan about, you know, people on their mobile phones in the change rooms because it brings the integrity of the sport into, you know, disrepute and all this sort of thing. Well, what about one team getting to play 60% of its season on its home deck and you've got other teams like our Cats who play about 40%? Here is the stats for you, boys. MCG. So this is uh, Richmond at the MCG. uh, 2016. The Tigers played 14 of 22 games at the MCG. That's 63.6% of their games. 2017, they played 11 games at the G. So that's just 50%. That's what you'd want. 50 of your games at home, 50 away. 2018, 14 of 22, 63.6%. 2019, 13 of 22 games played at the MCG, 59.9%. So about 60% of their games that played at the G. I didn't include 2020 because everyone played fucking everywhere because of COVID. Here's Geelong. Geelong games played at Cadinia Park in 2016, 8 of 22, 36.3%. 2017, 7 games of 22 played at Cadinia Park. That's 31.8%. And 2018 and 2019, we played nine games in each of those seasons at home for 40% of our games. Go back to when we were winning flags. In 2007, eight games of 22 played at our home stadium, 36%. And here's how the fucking finals went for us. First on the ladder. So being first on the ladder, we had home ground advantage. We had earned that. However, we played travel to the MCG to play the Kangaroos, beat them to the tune of about 100 points. 
prelim final played at the G against Collingwood. Grand final, obviously at the G, because that's all it's played at. 2009, another premiership year. Eight games at home out of our 22, second on the ladder. Uh, earned home ground advantage to play the Dogs in the qualifying final. Had to travel to the G to play them. Traveled to the MCG after we beat them for the prelim final against Collingwood. One, then beat the Saints at the G on grand final day. This is just not good enough. This is... Yep. It's 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 bush league crap. It's time for Melbourne teams to start having to head down the highway to play against the Cats in our home stadium. I'm over it. And this is where Kane Corns show stood up and got himself out of the wanker quagmire that he was in. <laughs> As he said, <laughs> the cats of the week been <laughs> getting um, getting into finals, earning home finals, and haven't got them. And for Tardu to come out and complain like he did is just I can't remember what he said, but it was something like just throwing crap in those in all the cats fans and the cats as a team because we've had to travel for finals always. And we've done it for the good of the sport. Yeah. Because we understand. And for, and like even just like from a from a business point of view, going back to like the respect that Hardwick didn't show. Like, isn't there a certain bloody duty of care when you're in the position that he's in to promote the business of AFL? Like I yeah. I, I don't love the idea of it being more business than it is sport, but there is a business element to it. And you any any of these soft cock fans that don't want to go to the, the <laughs> like, don't want to go to Marvel Stadium are suddenly hey, just boys. suddenly justified because yeah. like and like and some that were maybe on the fence or hadn't even thought of it are like yeah I'll rally behind Hardwick because he's he's the you know he's the head honcho of my team blah 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 like it just seems to open this door like just I don't care if he doesn't like it like he he doesn't have to like it. Just pull your fucking head in. Don't say you hate it because what's and, there to hate and about? If, either he's blaming it on fans, he's making shit up and blaming it on the fans, which is bad for him. But if he's being honest and they don't travel to Marvel Stadium, Jesus Christ, they have to be the least dedicated group of fans I've ever heard of. Yeah, I know, right? As Matthew <laughs> Lloyd said, how precious... Can your fans be that they were can't travel ten minutes down the road? Like seriously. Well, here's here's a, here's another one. What like Hawthorne? Look how they've jumped off the bandwagon. The Hawks have a couple of down years after winning four premierships in bloody what was it two thousand and eight to you know four premierships in eight or nine years, and now there's barely anyone turning up. Like the yeah. MCG looks like a bloody third full for the Hawks, and this is. This is the thing with with certain fan bases. Tell you what, Cadinia Park has been chock-a-block every year I've ever watched footy, whether the Cats were winning nine games or whether they're winning 19 games. Like, you know, show up and support your team. Yeah, absolutely. Wherever they are. Wherever you know. they are. 
And and talking about the G being not not full, that's the difference too. Marvel Stadium feels good and has atmosphere at like a third capacity, half capacity. Yes, it, it, like 100%. it builds the G doesn't feel like shit until you've got max capacity and yet. You're sandwiched in there. Like when you, I always, I always feel like when you go there and it's a bit quiet, like there's not a big turnout. It it feels like a like a massive wasteland. <laughs> like it, it really, and like I know there's fans of the G out there, and that's fine. And I'm sorry, sorry to shit on it, um, because it's not, it's not a bad. Well, our shit gets that on enough as well. Yeah, you know like it's I mean? not a like bad stadium. It's not a bad stadium at all. But people talking about it as if it's the fucking best thing since sliced bread like it's some kind of stadium made from solid gold is fucking ridiculous it's just a stadium yeah it's like it gets talked about it's like a good it's a stadium. Site. i enjoy oh watching God, games geez. there i enjoy going there to watch games but i do prefer eddie had more i feel like there's a better atmosphere there especially with the roof closed you get more and and again you know what game is better to watch at the mcg than football at the mcg the cricket? fucking cricket. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's time. No, it's time. Um, it's time. Who's your wanker of the week, Jake? Damien Hardwick. Absolutely. Yeah. Damien I was just Hardwick. making sure. Why, just why was that? Sure. <laughs> please, yeah. please, please. Elaborate. Glad you've gone over how much of a wanker he is. <laughs> the thing, the thing that sort of annoys me is just that it's such a clear. Like I talked to some of my American football friends from over in the States about this. Like I said, how would the Giants feel if they finished top of their division but had to travel to Dallas to play their home playoff game? And they were like, well, why would that happen? You know, like it doesn't <laughs> – What yeah. like, and I'm like, why – and it really this is – it's Damien Hardwick bringing all this up again that's really made me question this yet again to go – this shouldn't be happening. This is not fair. Every team should get 11 games. Now, now it's different if you have Hawthorne v. Richmond and it happens to fall at the G because both of them play at the G. That's fine. I get that. They share a stadium. But as far as the Cats, the last time we played um, the Tigers down at Cadinia Park, I think it was 2015, 2016, before they were winning premierships, as soon as they start winning premierships, it's like, oh, we, well, they can't play down at that, you know, that dump down in Geelong. Give me a break. Geelong Stadium now that's been upgraded is one of the most beautiful modern facilities yeah. in the AFL. And it's going to, going to get better with the next stage. And buddy, and you, know the, you go, Jake. Even you go. if it was a tent, even if it was a tent city, if we earn the right to play at home. Rock down to our tent city in front of 2,000 fans, you mm. dickhead. Well, Giants yeah. get home their break. home finals played at there. Yeah, speaking Jump. of tent cities. <laughs> and, and I mean, bloody, if we have been known to jump in a bloody car and drive three and a half hours to Geelong to watch games, to watch the, the AFLW, we have driven yes. three plus hours to watch it. And the Tigers fans won't fucking chuck the MP3 player in their ears and walk a couple of blocks to a different fucking stadium. It's ridiculous. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Sam. That's that's cardio. Yeah, exactly. That's hard work. <sighs> oh, boy. Well, oh, well, I'm glad we've. I feel good, guys. My bile, feel good. my bile <laughs> duct is emptied. Yep. 
<laughs> drained, <laughs> drained the venom sack. Seriously, I, I, can, I can't. Am, I can't think of a of a more poorly handled post match from a coach. No. In in that sense, in regards to you know, like I've heard Chris Scott even asked about this sort of stuff with home ground advantage, and you know, the response is even if you can tell he feels differently, it's always well, we play where we play, and we should be able to win anywhere. Yeah. You know and I mean? that's and that's but that's this, part of the job. Like, yeah. yeah, cop it on the nose and move yes, forward. Yes, hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. you're just, a professional. Yes. You're a professional. Fuck. Don't be a <laughs> don't be a hard turd. <laughs> I think it's a hard nugget. Was I think the word? Yeah, hard nugget. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a hard uh, nugget because it gets you entrenched in the quagmire of wankers. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The quagmire of wankers is a great one. Um, well, I've got no mail sack and we've got no special guests at this point. Is there anything else that you guys want to chat about or we move on to making our game picks for week 10? Week 9? Week 10? What are we? Week, We're week 10, aren't we now? 10. Jesus. No? No, I'm, I'm, yeah. happy, I'm happy to move on. I'm happy to move on. Let's not drag yeah. this thing out if we don't need to. Yeah, all right. Well, the, the Cats... Yeah, week 10. The Cats move on to week 10 playing the Gold Coast Suns. And we get to play them down at our home ground. Um, Cats three weeks away. jaw up off the fucking finally. ground. <laughs> <laughs> we finally get to go back home. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the Cats... Yeah, the, the Cats get to travel home. To play. Yeah. Um, no, so we, we're going down to Cadinia Park this Saturday afternoon. And by the way, I refuse to call it by its sponsor's name. It's Cadinia Park. <laughs> um, Geelong goes into the Saturday afternoon game against the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Johnny, how did the Suns go last week off the top of your head? Oh, dreadful. The coach was quoted as saying they've lost all confidence um, the Suns have lost the confidence of the AFL or something along those lines. Like you said, their last game was pretty much back, massive back step. And for head coaches say the AFL's losing confidence in your team is pretty damning. So I think they'll be looking for a bit of bit of respect back for themselves. But going down to the Cats' home ground at Cadinia Park, that's not going to be an easy task and I feel like the Cats yeah, will be gonna... firing this week of finally another home game at Cadenia Park I feel like we're going to come out and just smash them nice I like the prediction I like it a lot so that so the 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 Suns are currently three and six after nine weeks they copped a monster flogging um, from the Brisbane Lions in the Q clash, as the rivalry is called. Come on, guys. That's um, for real. Um, 124 to 51, they lost to the Lions. Uh, so 73-point thrashing. Um, so they've got Geelong this week. Then they go, uh, they've got to play Hawthorne the week after. Interesting game for me. Like you said, Johnny, it was an embarrassment for them last week. But you know, sometimes that's not an indication that it'll be an embarrassment again this week. You know, I, I mm. wonder in some ways if this is, a, you know, sometimes young teams, you hit them 
after a, a game where they've been thrashed and they, you know, they hang around and are competitive and frisky um, for longer you don't, than yeah, you, you might don't want, You don't want to be the team to play them when they find their confidence, when they find that yeah. momentum. Um, I feel but, like, well, is that their home ground would be different? But I feel like them having to travel down to Virginia Park. Yes. It's going to be... A real tough time. The odds, the odds are in our favour, and I do like to think that even if they do find their feet and their momentum, and they come out guns blazing. That after the showing on the week and on on Friday from us is that we will still be able to weather that storm. I think yeah. that's that's we've yeah. that's why I like the two wins that we've we've had in conjunction with each other. We've shown that we can take it to the best teams and be dominant and just control the friggin' game and own it. And we've shown that even when things aren't going our way and we're not playing at our best, we still have the processes and the systems in place yeah. to come out with the four points. So yeah, it's, yeah absolutely. It's, um, I'm, I'm quietly confident, but I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not counting my chickens until that final siren goes. Yeah. So Definitely. the, the, if, for a little bit of a cast your eye back, um, we beat the Suns 89 to 52 at Cadinia Park last year. I believe that was a big come from behind victory. Um, the Cats, they were last down year. early. And yeah, at yeah. Cadinia Park. So we, yeah, it was one of our Ooh. last games that we got oh, um, we did too, yeah. before COVID changed it all up. That's right. Um, yep, yep, yep. And it was, it was um, maybe Gary Ablett and Joel Selwood had major games. I remember Ablett mm. kicked a goal on the siren from outside 50 in his 300 and whatever game it was. Um, I believe that was the first game. Um, our friend from Oklahoma, David Vaughan, who produces, you know, a lot of the music for our show, our intro and our outro and all that sort of thing. First game he watched um, and he may not even have watched it. He may have actually, I can't remember if he watched it or listened to the radio broadcast, but we, we zoomed at the time or chatted over Facebook and that's the game that got him hooked on footy um, and has him getting up at, you know, 4.30am to watch the games with us. So we beat them 89 Lucky he's not a Tigers last. fan. He wouldn't have bothered tuning in. Yeah. Can't watch it on that's, the TV. Yeah. God, you've got to turn on the radio. Shit. Not worth no, it. That's that right. Marvel Stadium. <laughs> How can I watch the game at Marvel Stadium on my yeah. TV? Jesus Christ. <laughs> there you go. That's an illustration of Cats fandom for you there to get up at 4.30 a.m. and watch a game and not even to watch it, to listen to it on the radio. Cross continents, making the efforts. So, yeah, we've we've had the best of the the Suns for a while. Um, Beat them 91 to 64 in 2019. And in 2018, we beat them twice, 142 to 40 and 121 to 36. (laughs) They, They last beat us in 2017. 124 to 99 up at Metricon. And that was obviously when Yablet was playing for them. Oh, I so wanted to play the Rex Hunt audio. <laughs> the Rexy, uh, I've, yeah. I've got it. Do you reckon we can play that? Do you reckon that's, that's not a copyright thing? That's just video on Twitter. I think so. I we think we, that, we'd run we? the risk of being demonetized, but we're not monetized anyway. So, yeah. Hey, let's do it. Let's get Rexy. Let's bring Rexy in. Come let's in, big Rexy. Get pretty Rexy. Beautiful over the Bairstow. Bairstow on the brownlist. Here comes he <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a legend. What a legend. You can obviously oh, so tell that was good. filmed in Geelong because 
the crowd's going nuts. <laughs> Where else would that happen? Oh, Adam, Adam Macca's too. Adam McDonald's. Yeah. Gotta love it. I feel yeah, like if you walked man. into any Maccas in Geelong, that's going, here comes Yablet. Everyone would just cheer. <laughs> <laughs> what do, He was uh, like the voice of my footy growing up. Rex Hunt. Like he, he was the man. It always felt man. wrong when it wasn't him. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I, after after Rexy went, like after he retired from calling, I went on to Triple M and like Triple M at best, Brayshaw and Brian Taylor to me uh, have always been, um, you know, dime store Rex Hunt kind of thing. They're, yeah. they're they're attempt they're attempting, but it's and that was at their pool. height. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, no, I remember Rex. watching the football and turning the audio off and turning Rex Hunt's commentary on when it would, when you could actually get it like to sync up. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. I remember tr- trying to commentate like Rex Hunt. I mean, it's and so I can't really shoot shoot shit at James Brazier and Brian Taylor doing it, but like that, like, yeah, absolute legend of the craft with, with the nicknames and that sort of thing that he used to give to players. So good. So, so good. Yeah, but All right, let's pick this yeah. game, boys. Let's pick Let's pick the game. Um, so I was just thinking about, too, that that team had Rex, had um, Clinton Gribus, who was bloody awesome as well, um, Dipper big, on the boundary. The big dip, yeah. Big yeah, big dip down on the boundary. Bondi, the stats man. Um, yeah, that was a good team. That was um, an excellent all right. team. On the Ream Hot Water System scoreboard. <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Gotta I'm love tipping it. the cats. Uh, yeah, go, Johnny. What's your score? What's your Thirty to sixty. Whoa. Sambo, what do you got? I just feel like it's a big one. Hundred and two to. 58. I think big-ish, yeah. but not as big as the how John's feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've just got a good Ooh. feeling. I just, I just feel like they're going to come out and brush the cobwebs off the Saints game and do some damage. Blow them off the park. Mm. All right. I'm going to go 96 to 58. I'm going a 38-point win. Um as much for the fact that the cats might just ease up. I think the, I, I think the Suns will hang around for a little bit I, and, and that be worried as a Suns supporter. I mean, if there are any, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, Brutal. be worried. All, all 13 of you should be really worried about the fact <laughs> if the cats come out and torch them in the first quarter, it could get like this for me. Either is going to be that game where young team embarrassed last week, arm wrestles their way into a bit of a contest. Sloppy arm wrestle doesn't have the class to stick around. Yeah, or this turns into Geelong versus the Mark Meals Melbourne Demons, and it's like a hundred and thirty to fifteen at halftime. Um, you know, and Jeremy Cameron kicks eleven goals or something, and they just absolutely destroy them. That's kind of my that would be my worry as a Suns supporter if they yes. if the cats get on a heater down at Kadinia could get ugly. Beautiful. That's it. That's it. We've done the thing. 
We've done, we've done it. Thing. We've done it. Achieved it. Done the full thing. We we um emptied out our vile sack. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, I feel like it was it was re- relatively once we got going after all that internet shenanigans at the start. I feel like we were we were relatively on point tonight. <laughs> that we were too. Yeah. All right. Uh, so so give it a, give the show a letter grade from your perspective, starting with Sam. So from you know F F through to A plus. What's your letter grade for the, for tonight's show? Wait, in comparison to other shows, or just in comparison to our our show? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely just in comparison to our shows. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd give us, I'd give I'd give tonight a solid B plus. I think it was it was good. Um, it was on point. It wasn't there wasn't as many um. Uh, as much hilarity, but th- we had a lot of stuff to get through. We were pretty, yeah. we were pretty on message. Um, yeah, B plus. Last week was like a fucking C minus or something. <laughs> <laughs> last week was it was interesting. It was a dull week last week after a the big energy, win. We we knew it would happen eventually, and the energy yeah. the energy just wasn't there. But this week, I think we came out uh, gunning to prove ourselves and then we're back on track redeem ourselves to our our loyal listener base absolutely and next week hopefully it'll be back to some chaos combined with this what about what about you for for a letter grade uh i'll go with i think a solid a nice solid a i feel like it was it was a good one i'll split the difference and say a minus there you go there you go all right good work chaps We've had solid A's. We've had solid turd nuggets. <laughs> We've had wanker solid. quagmires. Yep. <laughs> Go cats. No wanker cannons this week, though. It was no. aimed at one team. I'm, I'm ki- they got the full face of the wanker cannon. To- <laughs> Broadside. Keen to work on a, a new sound drop for wanker of the week, though. Yeah. Yes. Definitely keen. Are we going Hardwick or are we going Maguire? Maybe we should have uh, got vote. better long term prospects. True. I mean, the other thing is, do we need to name it after a player or yeah. a person? Because we can just nominate the person. Yeah, maybe that's a better idea. Maybe we just go with general, a general wanker. You know, a theoretical, a hypothetical wanker rather yeah. than a literal wanker. Because otherwise, a we're hypothetical be... wanker of the week. Because we know how fickle our affections are. <laughs> if Eddie Maguire comes out next week and talks about how the Cats are the best team in the context, we're going to have to fucking change the jingle again. <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> because he'll be he'll be back in our good graces. Gold Coast will win the grand final this year. Yeah, exactly. It's the problem of having you know being susceptible to flattery of the ego. You have to change your, your show tunes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Are we out of stuff? Are we out of stuff? Go cats. I think we're out of stuff by that yeah. silence. Stuff is gone. 